Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 56 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch it. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the start of part three, Stardust Crusaders. I had a moment when I was reading Stardust Crusaders and I was just like, what if this was an offshoot of Kirby? And he was also fighting with, like, the Stardust champions or whatever their names are. What if in one of these episodes, Kirby just, like, appears as, like, a super buff sort of homoerotic guy that has a stand that's, like, you know, just (laughs) Meta Knight? Anyways, let's jump in. (laughs) Alright, guys. We're, uh... We're back with more JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and uh, we're finally into the not-so-shitty part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Finally. Uh, if you like part one and part two, more power to you. I think there were mm. parts of part one and part two that both of us enjoyed, but for the most part, neither of us liked them very much. And, yeah. God, I really liked these episodes. Like, they're still are a lot of ridiculously melodramatic moments. Characters still scream everything. Um, I, like, there's still stuff that's dumb, but now it feels, like, campy and hilarious rather mm-hmm. than, like, I don't know, just craziness. And yeah. also so, the stands are awesome. Yeah, so we're going to take a really long time breaking down these episodes in this. Um, we don't have much to go over um, in these uh, the episodes beforehand, um, just because they really don't uh, affect uh, much of what's going on on screen at all, except for one gigantic plot thing, but that is going to be explained about a million times in four episodes, so yeah. I feel pretty confident that we're going to get into it. You could honestly um, start JoJo's Bizarre Adventure from part three and you would be fine like if you have not watched it and you've listened to our show and it's turned you off of watching jojo's pick it up with episode 27 and you'll probably be fine yeah the other thing that i would suggest to people is uh i got uh kind of caught up inside of this and didn't even realize that it had happened because we uh both blake and i were watching this on hulu um but one of the days i was like well maybe i can just find it from a different service and i stumbled across the jojo's bizarre adventure stardust crusaders that was done before this newest iteration of it and it is unwatchable oh really do not watch it it is very, very not good. <laughs> and uh, I watched like one episode of it and I was like, nah, I, I can't do this. It's because from the 90s, instead of leaning, it? yeah, instead of leaning into the campiness, it's just like takes itself very seriously and it makes you hate it so much. Mm. Um, but, anyways, with that being said, we are jumping right into episode 27 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders The Man Possessed by an Evil Spirit. And uh, we're going to get uh, uh, the backstory of this entire thing and who the biggest villain of the story is going to be pretty quickly. Yeah, it's actually going to open up on a scene of these dudes pulling what they believe to be a treasure chest from the depths of the ocean. They know that it's 100 years old. They believe it's a treasure chest, but they're kind of weirded out once they get it on their boats by how long it is. Um, anybody who has seen part one of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which again is the first nine episodes, they will recognize this as the coffin that Dio was submerged in. Um, he and 
um, the original Jojo, were sent down into the depths to uh, finally get rid of him. But because he's a vampire, he's not actually dead. He's just kind of trapped forever, except now these assholes have pulled him out of the water. So he's no longer trapped. Um, If you have not watched part one and you're not familiar with Dio, that's fine. They will make you more than familiar enough. So again, if you are not into those first couple of parts, if you're really curious about stands, whatever, if you've listened to our coverage and have been turned off to it, like start here, episode 27, it'll give you all you need. Yeah. So the uh, the ship that they were cruising around on is later found empty. empty. Um, it's just kind of rolling around inside of the ocean, and nobody's on it anymore, and they find an empty coffin. So they're like, oh, what happened here? Giant foreshadowing moment, Shrug. even though everybody's just like, well, fucking Dio killed everybody, obviously. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to get introduced to our newest JoJo. He is Jotaro Kujo. Um, he is 17, uh, but looks like he is straight up, like, 28 years old. Yeah, which, um, to be fair, his is, mom is also, like, 42 and looks like she's also 28 years old, so... Yes. There are no rules. Uh, <laughs> yes. So he is half Japanese and living in Japan, um, and he is... Uh, he got into this fight with some, like, uh, punks, he keeps on calling them, and he yeah, got thrown into jail. We find um, out almost it, nothing about this fight. Like, we're never gonna... We're at least not in these first four episodes. We're not gonna learn why he got into a fight or, or what happened aside from the fact that we'll hear about some injuries these guys sustained also it's yeah. interesting this is the first series that has a japanese protagonist to be fair half japanese but um yeah you know so far this series has taken place in england and america with um canonically english and american characters so now we finally yeah. have moved to japan and um jojo's father is japanese so he is uh, yeah he is part japanese on the non-jojo side yeah and because he is um japanese and half american he is still half a dick um because <laughs> yeah. he, he uh he's just gonna be fucking obnoxious at so many points but inside of this show inside of this part of the show it actually kind of works um just because the you can tell what he's covering up is him being like um, he has he has some like deep down deep seated frustrations and angers that are like welled up inside of him, and he tries to push people away because he doesn't want to hurt them um, because he knows that he's like possessed by this anger and the spirit that hurts people all the time, and that's kind of manifested from himself. Yeah. Um, so he's locked inside of a jail cell, and he's telling everybody that he will not live the leave the jail cell. But the other thing that keeps on happening is that all the people's shit that they leave outside is suddenly just appearing inside of his jail cell for no reason. Yeah. And at one point... He's claiming to be possessed by an evil spirit, and that's why he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. At one point, he even steals one of the police officer's guns and, like, shoots it at his head, and, like, the evil spirit catches the bullet in midair and drops it onto the ground, you know, right after he keeps on calling his mom a bitch, like, so many times. He does, yeah. trying to get him to get out of jail. I didn't write any notes about him calling her a bitch, but this is, is like, a character trope of his where he, he, like, disrespects her really, really actively. And calls her a bitch all the time. And, like, it's frustrating because otherwise the show is, like, really good. But, like, his attitude towards her is, like, really a lot. And what I think they're going for is that he is a rebellious youth. 
who is trying to just sort of like put on this badass facade but like it it is made very clear in the next episode or two that he cares for her a lot but he's sort of like putting on a front but like his front is really really rude and it's it's kind of hard to watch but otherwise he's a cool protagonist yeah so the other thing that is going to be uh, introduced in this episode very very quickly is another main character of the show named Joseph Joestar. Um, he is arriving in Japan. He is uh, Jojo uh, Jotaro's uh, grandfather um, on his I guess his mother's side. Um, yeah, and, he's also the uh, protagonist of part two. So if you want to learn more about him and his exploits, you can listen to our previous Jojo's Bizarre Adventure coverage. Yeah. So, um, he is, he is equally ridiculous and obnoxious and he is going to go get Jojo out of jail. Um, the other thing that you're going to, uh, see in, in this is that he's being followed by a strange Egyptian man. Um, his name is Avdal. Um, he is, um, semi-important to the show. Um, he's sort of a stupid character and he will continue to give you really dumb things throughout the show. Like, the reason the reason why the all of the different stands have these different names is because he's got like a box of tarot cards that he's just like this is what i pulled out so this is the name of it and it's got a color so that's what color it is yeah they, and I'm they just like, wow. you're not going <laughs> to see this until like 3 it's at the end of the third episode of part 3 where the tarot card comes out like so like <laughs> JoJo's stand doesn't have a name until then, and then he names it using the tarot card. Which, like, I can get behind the fact that, like, they're using, like, the mysticism of the tarot cards to, like, find a name for the stand and, um, you know, figure out what it does and shit like that. But then, like, canonically, you see two antagonists that have not at all been connected to the group after this scene who also refer to their stands by the names on tarot cards. Very confusing. (laughs) In fact, saying that their stand holds the whatever card. So I know, I I I know I'm so confused by it. Just like came up with the idea for stands. And then a couple of chapters in was like, Oh, we'll relate them all to tarot cards. Yeah, but if you're thinking to yourself, well, that's the dumbest thing that somebody's going to do, uh, dumbest way that somebody in the show is going to get a very small amount of information, you're fucking wrong, uh, because we're going to show you a stupid power in the next episode that's, it really blank blanks out whatever other stupid powers are in the show, and you're just going to be like, why the fuck is this in this? <laughs> so, uh... Anyways. So, Avdol, he's going to... Jojo is refusing to get out of his cell. Jojo Sr. asks Avdol to get him out of the cell. So Avdol summons his stand, which is called Magician's Red. And it it's basically like a muscly man with a bird head who controls fire. And so he like wraps Jojo up in fire, but it doesn't really stop Jojo. And they kind of fight briefly. And then Jojo like threatens to take Avdol out and kicks his table hard enough that it smashes into the t- the toilet on the far wall and breaks it which shoots water everywhere dousing the flame and freeing Jojo and now he's pissed so his stand like bends the bars of the jail cell and then breaks off a piece to use this like sharpened uh pikes and then right as he's about to stab Avdol Avdol just like releases his stand 
and turns around and kind of like walks over to the far wall and sits down. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? He could have killed you. And he's like, well, I got him out of the jail cell. So <laughs> anyways, they're going to leave from here and go uh, sit down at a restaurant and uh, they're going to try to figure out what's going on. Older Jojo, um, Joseph, is going to tell uh, younger Jojo, Jotaro, um, all about the weird shit that is going on and how, why it's being caused. He tells him that it's being caused by this vampire head of a guy named Dio attaching his disembodied head to the body of his ancestor, Joseph. <laughs> Uh, or uh, what is Jonathan Joestar? Yeah, and Jonathan, becomes... that's part one JoJo. And he is the yeah. grandfather of part two JoJo, who is the grandfather of our JoJo, the protagonist. Yeah. They're going to explain that, uh, one, they all have the this different ability to um, uh, control these stands, which was awakened because Dio had arisen from the deep. And number two, they all have this uh, star-shaped mark on the back of their necks. Yeah. And then we get my favorite thing that happens in these episodes, which is Joseph explains what his power is from his stand, and it is that he can take spirit photos with, like, these Polaroid cameras, but in order to do so, he has to fucking karate chop them to death. Yeah. And he's like... It's a little bit expensive because you keep on having to buy these 30,000 yen uh, cameras, Which but it's really helpful. It's not that expensive, but it's not like a, a shitty camera. It's not like, you know, yen is dramatically less than like the dollar or the euro or whatever. So like he's not spending $30,000 on these cameras, but it's not cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's he definitely so, also has like 400 Polaroids he pulls out. <laughs> yeah, just like, he's destroyed so many so cameras. Many cameras. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the thing about the stands, too, is it's not completely clear, but my understanding is that basically Dio escaped several months up to like a year or so prior to the start of part three. And mm. um, because he escaped and attached himself to Jojo's body... The other JoJo's, as his ancestors, are getting powers because of, like, a spirit link. However, they're not the only ones with powers. There are lots of characters who have stands, and as far as I can tell, their stands are completely unrelated to this. In fact, Avdol notes that he's had his stand since he was a child. And he is a man now, so this is not, like, so their Avdol stands does, are connected. does explain it. Avdol does. Okay. So the reason... The reason why their stands are activated is because Dio activated his, and everybody um, then had theirs activated because they're connected through a spirit link, right? Yeah. But stands are just something that has always been there inside of the Joestar family, just nobody knew how to activate them. So, like, when one is learned, all of the other ones are released. Yeah. So, like, inside of your bloodline, inside of your heritage, everybody inside of this place that knows how to activate their stand can activate their stand down their bloodline. It, so, like... It's interesting, too, because they don't mention Hamon, which is the magical energy power that they've used up until this point. And it, it actually yeah. looks like the older Jojo uses Hamon at one point to destroy something in the next episode, um, or the mm -hmm. one after that. But, like, 
it's really brief. He does. It's not. He absolutely does. Yeah. And, but like, if you didn't know about it, you would just be like, okay, whatever. He, he destroyed it with like magic, but it's ham on, yeah. but they don't mention it, which seems really out of character for this show. Yeah. And also just kind of like, wouldn't, if you have a stand, that's great. But also, wouldn't you want them to have Hamon in also the stand? Yeah. Like, just fucking teach people what's going on. Yeah. Because it, it, you learned it in, like, fucking 20 minutes. Yeah. I think it's... <laughs> I, I Honestly, I I hate to keep harping on this, especially now that we both like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure all of a sudden. But it, <laughs> it does seem kind of like a narrative convenience where it's like, okay, uh, like, I've... I think the author realized that Hamon was too broad... And that he could do, like, cooler, more specific things. And also he would get to do, like, really cool character designs, like the bird head guy and, and all that shit. Where they're, like, uh, not quite human, but they can still be protagonists. And it just, it opens up a wider creative range to have stands. But he already had Hamon in this world. So I think he just kind of quietly forgets about Hamon on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's bedtime now, Hamon, and the stands are going to wake up. And I'm totally cool with that as much as like that feels like sort of a bad writing oversight. Like Hamon has never been my favorite. It's always felt like a complete hand wave ass pull kind of narrative convenience power. And now the stands are, it feels like they kind of do very specific things. And I love that. And I'm into it. So we're going to go ahead and go uh, go into episode 28, uh, Who Will Be the Judge? Who? Um, and <laughs> anyways, um, so this episode uh, starts out um, with uh, Jojo going to school and being a normal 17-year-old giant boy. For about um, eight seconds. Wh- <laughs> yeah. While going to school, he is going to run into some girls that are fucking obsessed with him. Um by the way, every woman inside of the show at all times will be obsessed with JoJo. He will yeah. at all times be completely fucking disinterested in them completely. And calls um, pretty much all of them a bitch at some point or another. Yeah. And the only difference is his mom is obsessed with him out of motherly love rather than lust. But every other woman is obsessed with him out of lust. Which, anyway. It's just, I could say some stuff on that, but let's keep going. So, there is uh, this character named uh, Noriaki uh, Kaikyojin. Uh, Kaikyoin? Kaikyoin. I can't Kaikyoin, whatever his name is. Anyways, so he is, going to draw a, he is going to draw a slash over Jojo's legs as he's about well, he, to walk down some He stairs. draws a picture of Jojo, and then he like slashes it with red ink over his leg. Yeah. And Which then does JoJo not is at going all get... play into his power as we see it no, later. It makes in no any fucking way. sense why this happens. Maybe it's Amon. <laughs> <laughs> so we get slashed on the leg because this happens, I guess. And Jojo falls down the hill and catches himself with a stand on a branch and uh, keeps himself from dying by doing this. Um, then... Um, he's like, well, I guess I was clumsy, and then gets up and goes to the nurse's office. Meanwhile, this other character is like, Q, 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 which I'm only assuming that's how he laughs, because every ridiculous human in the show laughs that way. Um, Why not? So, 
<laughs> yeah. So he's while being in the nurse's office, um, there's number one, two equally gigantic men that are inside of the nervous nurse's office. Yeah. I'm assuming that they're 15 and 16. There's um, a gigantomancy because... <laughs> epidemic in Japan at this time in the 1980s. Yeah, everybody, everybody is also like a crazy weightlifter at all times too. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Except the women who are all just the weakest. <laughs> yeah. So the nurse, though, uh, she starts to act weird, and she pulls her pen and keeps on being like, "It's a, it, it's what does she keep on calling it? it? It's uh, like a, a needle, or so. she thinks it's a, a needle, needle, so she can give them medicine, or I don't know. No, and, it's a thermometer. Uh, oh yeah, 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 like, a thermometer. This is a thermometer. What do you think it is? And they're like, "It's a fucking pen, you crazy bitch!" <laughs> and like. <laughs> and she's like, it's a thermometer, let me show you. And then does what every good nurse does when they're giving their patient a thermometer, stabs it into their eye socket. Yeah, I don't, I, how else would you take your temperature? Yeah, um, obviously. That's why you can only do it up to two times in your life. Yeah, for real. Without being blind, you know. So this this chorus, her going crazy corresponds with Jojo. So Kakyoin introduced himself to Jojo earlier after the whole hurt leg incident and gave him a handkerchief to like, I guess, I don't know, cover up the bleeding or some shit. So Jojo, yeah, Jojo pulls the handkerchief out and sees a note from Kakuin that's basically like, I'm going to kill you using my stand today. Bye. And (laughs) I guess he should have looked at it earlier before the nurse went fucking nuts. So Kakyoin appears, uh, I guess like the dude who's, who has now minus one eye and his, uh, the other guy who was waiting for treatment have both left. So it's Jojo and the nurse. And then Kakyoin is there all of a sudden, (gasps) excuse me. And he's going to introduce himself and say that his stand is called, um, Hierophant green. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that correctly. That is a that's an SAT word right there. <laughs> but Hierophant. yeah, something it's H I E R O P H A N T. It's a member of the elephant family, and mm-hmm. um, that's not true. Don't please don't write to us <laughs> about that. This is a joke. So um, Hierophant Green basically it has the ability to climb inside other people's bodies and control them. And we get a nice little visual metaphor because Kakyoin is holding a marionette. So just in case yes. anybody was confused. Yeah, and if you were like, oh, this marionette is what he uses to control his power, at no point in the show yeah. later on is he going to have a marionette. Yeah, not he even at all. He just has a marionette to be a weird fucking person. It's just a visual Anyways, aid. <laughs> yeah, so this weird higher friend is like controlling this nurse's body by getting inside of her. Which is also a power that we're not really going to see very much of anymore. Um, At least not in the next couple episodes. Yeah, and so Jojo's stand uh, is going to grab this weird stand and pull it out of the woman's body. Um, Well, obviously by kissing her, because it's apparently not Jojo's bizarre adventure if we don't violate consent at some point. Yes. So he does that, and it's a little bit obnoxious. But anyways, Jojo Stan is going to pull out this uh, this other stand from inside of this woman's body um, because he's like, well, if you fight her directly, it will hurt her body and not just my stand. And it's just like, well, fucking obviously. Um, anyways, <laughs> so he pulls it out. Still, she gets hurt for some reason, I guess, being pulled yeah. out of her body. Hierophant the Green was attached somehow. Yeah, Hierophant Green is kind of like a human shape. It's kind of like Green Man from... 
It's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's sort of like a humanoid shaped with like, I don't know, mask. He, he kind of looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character, honestly. Um, like mm. one of the monsters, not one of the actual people characters. But um, he, part of his ability is that he can stretch out his limbs. We usually see it as like his feet stretching out. Uh, or sorry, his toes are kind of like splayed out and they can stretch like really long elastic ribbons that can like stab and slash. Um, and so he like Jojo has pulled him out, but part of his body is still inside of her. And so like when Jojo attacks Hierophant green, it like, I guess fucks up her insides and in payment or something. I don't know. She gets real yeah. hurt. That's the, the short version. Yeah. So um, then, Hierophant uh, uh, is going to sh- green is going to show its other power, which is to shoot these little like emerald bullets out of itself. Um, it is going to call them emerald something. It's like emerald uh, stream or shower something? or something. Em- I don't know. Whatever. It basically it, it shoots like these weird little emerald bullets yeah. out at um, at Jojo's stand. Jojo originally is caught off guard, gets hit by this, and goes down. Then Jojo's, Jojo and his stand get back up, and they uh, can block them with complete ease the second time, and he just beats the ever-living crap out of uh, Hierophant Green, which we've learned the thing that also happens from this episode is whenever you hurt somebody's stand, the exact same pain and harm is caused to the user of the stand. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's, there's it's one not- point where he's like, crushing his skull and the you see the thumbprint start to appear on uh the user's head as well yeah and it's not necessarily identical to the wounds because like in this fight jojo's stand has like a hole blown through its chest and jojo does not have that happen but um kakuin helpfully tells us that because his stand was injured in such a way that means that jojo's internal organs were injured so it's sometimes it's identical like you can literally see like fingerprint marks from where jojo's stand is squeezing hierophant green's head on kakyoin's head but when jojo gets a hole blown through through his chest he does not or sorry when his stand gets a hole blown through his chest he does not so there's a an ambiguous difference between injuries but he still gets hurt from it it's just not identical but it is cool and one of my favorite parts of the stands yeah, he ends up beating the ever-living crap out of this stand, though, with his stand. And we get our first appearance of the... Yeah, I love The it. sound that you hear from this show, where yeah. he's just like... When he goes into this fighting mode, he just starts saying that over and over and over again. And, like, you just see a flurry of punches moving incredibly fast. It's he's hilarious. the ever-living shit out of somebody. It, it's basically... He's just basically, like, making a sound. I, I don't think... I think it's just like, a, you know, when you exert yourself and you, you know, make a noise, it's not like a word or anything. It's just, it's just sound, but he's like rapid fire punching and he's making a sound that, to match his punches. So it's just like, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and there are a lot of really good memes about it. And uh, uh, the best one being the fucking one about swiper, no swipe. Yes. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Oh God, I wish I could remember the name of that off the top of my I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna tell you guys. But uh while I do that, keep talking, Spencer. 
Anyways, so um, this this character, because he's so beaten up, he can't really move. Um, the nurse is taken to, uh, I'm assuming, a hospital while he takes this other character that has a stand and he brings him back to his homestead. Um, there, older Joe, uh, older Jojo, his, uh, his, his friend from the Middle East, and also his mom and himself are going to be looking over this guy and they find out that why he, the reason he's being mind-controlled is is that he's got this weird, like, octopus-looking thing sticking into his forehead that has been created by Dio to mind-control him. Um, it's it's gross-looking, and that's the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, but just to explain what Dio does um, from his powers, if you don't remember, or if you're picking it up from here because Stardust Crusaders is much better than everything else, um, Dio's powers in the past have been this weird vampirism powers that he has gotten from this mask. Um, the reason he has these powers from this mask is that apparently they were created um, by these weird men called the Pillar Men or, or like whatever species they were originally from. Um, and they have this power to absorb life force from other people by stabbing their fingers into them. And also they can run their bodies and change the shape of their bodies. So we are to assume from this that Dio has created something of a mind control like piece of himself and stabbed it into this guy's brain and it just sat there. Um, it's, it's really convoluted. You don't really have to understand it. You can just kind of accept that Dio has mind control powers because yeah. he's always had mind control powers throughout the show. It, even when he didn't have powers, he was kind of mind controlling Jojo's dad. Um, so like, just accept that Dio is going to fuck with some people's minds and then you you should be on track. Yeah. Also, I will say that, so we were talking about Hamon earlier and how it is basically just quietly put to bed and nobody ever talks about it again. Um, on the opposite side of that, the antagonists have always had special powers, be they vampire powers or pillarman powers, which were vampire progenitors. So, their powers have not been Hamon based and actually Hamon has been sort of like the answer to them and they've had to like sort of work to protect themselves against it. And Dio seems not to have his vampire powers anymore. And unlike Hamon, I totally buy it. And the reason is because it's just his head attached to Jojo's body. And I can, I can totally get behind the idea that this fusion has like, messed with Dio's abilities and awakened to stand in exchange for replacing his vampire abilities. Now, that may yeah, turn but, out not to be true, but that seems to be the case so far, and I like it. Yeah, you will also see that uh, Dio is still drinking people's blood with his fingers oh, inside of yeah. these episodes. He does do that. So be aware of that, that he's still a fucking terrible vampire monster. Um, but we're going to go ahead and learn all about that in JoJo's episode 29, The Curse of Dio. Um, Avdol reveals that... Um, uh, he was searching for Dio for a really long time before um, they even um, they even met up with Jotaro. Um, he ended up seeing Dio at one point in the middle of, I think it was like India or Egypt. No, it was um, in Egypt because that's where he's from. It was in Egypt, yeah. yeah. So he, was, he, he saw Dio in Egypt and he got so afraid of him that instead of getting into a fight, he just ran away. Um, and because he knew the streets that they were on, he was, he was able to, uh, get away without being caught, but he was like, 
Dio is the most charismatic motherfucker in the whole planet. Yeah. So you need to be afraid of him, otherwise his charisma will take his, you over. Yeah, they're like basically he has like superpower charisma, which just makes me think of like Deadpool 2, where they're like, yeah. What's your superpower? And he goes, Courage. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh Jojo pulls out the weird flesh thing from um from uh Kakyon's head and he um he almost gets taken by it and then um, he throws it away from himself, and older Jojo is going to fucking slap it with Hamon and destroy it. Yeah, um, we're not unnamed gonna, we've Hamon. Before, it doesn't actually matter. Um, so then there's going to be this sequence where, like, okay, so... so the drama meanwhile, spoon. Meanwhile, Jojo's mom... The spoon of impending like, doom. <laughs> walking around, apparently eating something with a spoon, and then dropped the spoon, and then walked into the kitchen, and then dropped a bowl, and then opened the refrigerator, and then fell down in front of the refrigerator. So something happened to her. She, she was, was in hella some snacky. sort of a drunken stupor, <laughs> and she fell asleep. But it turns out that what's happening is that her stand is awakening. And because she's a woman in this show, she can't handle the stand. And so it's going to kill her by giving yeah. her like a really bad flu. So like, um. <laughs> so it, in the show's defense, I'm, I'm going to go counterpoint here before I then agree with you. So to be fair, it's not literally because she's a woman. It's because she is a gentle soul who has no combat prowess and you sort of need like a, a strength of spirit and sort of, uh, you know, combat prowess to um, control your stand. Otherwise, apparently the stand will turn against you and try to kill you. That's what's happening to her. So it, it's explicitly stated that it's because she is non-combative. She's a gentle soul and stands are sort of inherently combat related. And so they kind of reject the user like a virus if the user is not of that like mindset and that like specific type of strength to control it. Mm-hmm. However, it really fucking reads like she's getting hurt cuz she's the girl. Yeah. So, the the things that you will find out in the rest of this episode are as follows. Number 1, she's going to die in 50 days if they don't try to if they don't stop Dio. Number 2, there's a fly in the background of one of these photos that they can't figure it out. And for some reason, uh, Dio's uh, stand, I mean, uh, Jojo's stand also can like really, really draw things really well, really fast. Yeah, because his, he's so good at looking at shit. His stand is basically hyper articulation. So he's able to like super magnify his eye to look into the almost pitch black darkness behind Dio in the spirit pictures that older Jojo has been making and he's able to make out a fly which happens to be a specific type of fly that only lives in Egypt which we find out because uh, Avdal goes and does some research and finds that out Um, yeah it's I guess it's just exposition it's kind of ridiculous but I'm it's not the type of part one part two ridiculousness that's getting me off the train so I'm okay yeah 
Okay, and the last thing that we're going to learn that is important for no good reason is uh, that the name of the stand that a JoJo is going to have is called Star Platinum uh, because the uh, thing that he pulls out is a star, and I guess the color is platinum. Yeah, it's stupid. They all Don't have worry some about sort it. of yeah. They're all the stands are named like some word that kind of determines what it does or the tarot card that it's related to, and then the yeah. color that it is. Yeah. Um, there's also unimportant. <laughs> yes, please. This is so great. <laughs> Other unimportant shit that happens in this episode. Number one, there are also three of these. Number one, older Jojo is going to decide that he's going to take hella good care of his daughter who's in trouble and she's sick. Um, So he's going to, like, brush her hair and take care of her feet. And he's going to really take care of her. It's weird. And, yeah, and also, he gets super pissed off that she's going by a different Japanese name than the fucking one he gave her. He's like, her name is Holly. Her name is fucking Holly. Stop going Uh by a different name because you're in Japan, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, she basically has a nickname that all of her Japanese friends call her, and she demands that he call her that. I was just thinking about the movie Lady Bird, where, like, she calls herself, I don't know if you've seen it, but... She calls herself Lady Bird, and that's not her name. And it's like this big point of contention throughout the sh- the movie that like her mom refuses to call her Lady Bird because that's not her name. And then like it just basically at the end of the movie, she like reverts back to her regular name because she was being a child and she realizes that. And it just reads like this, except that Holly is forty two fucking years old. <laughs> okay, the last thing is. Everybody's going to have a Beyonce moment, and those bitches are going to get in formation. Um, Okay, ladies. When they they step out of fucking JoJo's mansion house in Japan, they all step out at the same fucking time, and, like, they're in direct line with each other, and it's just fucking retarded. It's so good. (laughs) I love it so much. It's the stupidest thing, but I'm all oh about it. God. Yeah, I'm so, so upset that it fucking happens. <laughs> so there is a, a post credit scene on this um, that's going to give us some inf- interesting information, which is essentially that Dio has the same power as JoJo Sr. Like, we see him make a spirit picture also that reveals to him that JoJo and JoJo have figured out where he is. Uh, he does not exactly know that they're headed to egypt but he does know that they have figured out that he is in egypt um and also his power does not require the destruction of the camera he just taps it and it works so suck on that that's a fucking thing (laughs) yeah anyways we're in episode 30 now tower of gray um this is going to give one of the most frustrating uh scenarios that i'm going to have inside of the show so far and that is with the naming structure yeah um there is going to be a weird stag beetle stand that this like creepy old man is going to have inside of this plane. Um, he's going to be attacking them. His ability is I can send a super fast beetle out and its ability is to reach into people's mouths and rip out their tongues. Yeah. It kind of has the tongue of the alien from aliens. So it sticks that out and tries to snatch your tongue out. Okay, before we get into where this fucking thing came from, let me get into the fact that the name of this thing, which is a beetle that rips out tongues, it's called Tower of Grey. Why? 
Nobody fucking knows. Tarot it's cards so stupid. is the answer. Like, so I they, don't get it. They're going to explain. <laughs> this is, okay, this is where the tarot card thing goes from being kind of like a cute way to name JoJo's stand to being this, like, unexpectedly, narratively important thing that is embraced by apparently all stand users. So they're, like, on the plane, and they're like, oh, there's, you know, Dio probably knows that we're on the way. He might have put a stand user here. Then they see this beetle, and they're like, this one guy, I guess it's, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? The Egyptian dude, Avdal. He's like, uh, oh, I, I've heard about this, this guy... The ha, he's a stand user with a beetle, and wherever he goes, there are like these disasters, and um, we we call him Tower of Gray because the tower card in the tarot deck represents disaster, and um, I guess because the beetle is gray. But then, like later on, when they meet the stand user, he also calls it Tower of Gray. And I'm like, what, yeah. did everybody get a fucking handbook when they got their I stands? Don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Also, he has a fucking like forked tongue as the old man, and also his like he has like a weird bug tattoo on his tongue. Well, his tongue actually there for no gets, reason. His tongue actually gets forked when they beat his stand. Oh yeah, yeah, because it slashes Anyways. itself. And so basically, what's going to happen is the beetle's super fast. It has the alien tongue. He's going to fight Star Platinum, but Star Platinum is not fast enough to hit him. Um, it almost pulls out JoJo's tongue, but he mm-hmm. is able to prevent it. Catches it with his teeth. Yeah, uh, specifically with Star Platinum's teeth. And because this, is, if it had pulled out Star Platinum's tongue, it would also have pulled out JoJo's tongue, because this is one of the injuries that translates one-to-one. Um, the beetle then determines that since it caught it with its tongue, he's going to go pull out some other people's teeth and promptly smashes through the backs of the heads of three passengers in a line and takes all their teeth or all their um, tongues. Sorry. And then he uses the tongues to paint the word massacre in blood on the wall of the plane to announce his intentions. Yeah. He also, um, he awakens as an old man, and he's like, oh, what's the sticky stuff on the wall? Oh my god, it's blood! And so, like, they knock out that old man, not knowing that he's the guy that's controlling the beetle. Um, but, um, meanwhile, the, uh, uh, and Green is going to go up against, um, this bug monster. Um, yeah, their justification for to- this is that JoJo's stand might punch a hole in the plane, and um, Avdol's stand might burn the plane and make the plane explode. So mm-hmm. Hierophant Green is the only one that can fight without causing them to all die immediately. Yeah. So Hierophant G- Green shoots out his emerald machine gun thingy thing. Um, it 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 succeeds in drawing in uh, this like bug from that's moving super super fast. This stand um, into being like in much closer quarters than it was going to be before, um, and it it still is trying to attack Alphant. It's going for his tongue. It breaks through the first part of his like mask thing, and it's going to finally take it. And to do this, it has to fly in more of a straight line because there's so many of these emerald shots going around. But because it's in a specific area, he's able to shoot his, like, weird toe blades around it and stab it in midair, basically catching it into, like, a vice. Yeah. Because there's so many spikes coming from so many different directions all at the same time, you can't 
you, you wouldn't be able to dodge it. And so it just gets impaled. When it gets impaled, it's also going to kill the, or it's going to maim the weird old man that was controlling it. Um, and they, they finally are done with this bug thing. Yeah, so then they're going to learn that it turns out that before Tower of Grey attacked them, it went into the pilots, uh, it went into the cockpit and killed all the pilots and also disabled the autopilot. So now they have to deal with that. for some reason, for some reason they're able to just land this plane and nobody's hurt, even though the the pilots are dead and also nobody can control this plane and it just lands safely in the middle of the ocean. Everybody's okay with that. And they just like, well, I guess we'll go to Hong Kong because that's, that's where we are right now. It is so weird narratively because they explicitly are like, nobody here can fly a plane except for Jojo senior who has only flied a plane. He's only flied a propeller plane. And was the word you were looking for? Whatever. (laughs) We've seen him fly a plane in um, part two. He does that in the climax of part two. And uh, and so we know he can do it, but it's not the same kind of plane. This is, you know, this is a passenger jet. And so it's like it's controlled in completely different ways. He basically expresses that he is really not he does not have the information to be successful at this. And they kind of talk about that for a few seconds and build up the drama. And then it basically just fades out. And when we fade back in, they have landed. So, yeah, whatever. The the other thing that's going to happen in the next sequence is that Jojo Sr. is going to call for a plane and then be like, well, I guess we can't get a plane, even though I was just talking to those people about getting a plane. I think he he was talking to them about a boat, wasn't he? I thought he was talking about a plane. He might have been whatever. talking about a boat. I'm very confused why they couldn't just get another fucking plane. But whatever. Well, they um, they specifically so, say they don't want to they don't want to fly because they don't want to endanger other people, which I grant. But like they could also charter a private jet because JoJo's super rich, or yeah. uh, you know get like a small plane. Like yeah, whatever. their mansion is actually just for show. They're actually terribly, terribly in debt because of <laughs> all of the. Uh, the hats and jackets and weird chains that are giant that uh, Jojo dresses in every day. Uh-huh. Did you think that was one outfit, Blake? No, he has hundreds of those. Yeah, he's basically like Paul Manafort. He's just wearing jackets oh made God. out of whatever. There's an Onion article that said that Paul Manafort showed up to court in a jacket made of live puffins. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So, um... They're going to go eat because they're stuck in Hong Kong and they're going to have to go get a boat. Um, So older Jojo is going to pretend that he understands all the things he's ordering. Instead, he just keeps on saying this and pointing to things. And then it turns out he didn't know what the fuck he was ordering. Yeah, he Um, ordered a lot of weird shit that doesn't look good. Yeah, meanwhile, I looked away from the screen for like 30 seconds, then I Uh looked back and there was a character I did not ever fucking see before, so apparently they introduced a character that's going to come get dinner with them so fast that I didn't notice, Yeah, but there's a guy sitting with them. He, (laughs) so, they're sitting around talking about stands and talking about how Dio is going to come after them, uh, or, you know, send somebody after them. And you kind of see, like, the shoulder of the dude sitting at the table, like, across the restaurant. And he, it kind of twitches, so, like, you know, indicating that he overheard them or has reaction to something they said. And then the dude comes over, and he's this guy. He's got, like, a, a flat-top haircut. He says he's a French tourist, and he can't understand the menu. And then, so that's when older Jojo orders things at random, 
while pretending that he knows what he's doing. And right. that's then, what I missed. Yeah. So then they get all their food and they're like, he's like, okay, um, it's all going to be good anyway. So just dig in. I'm paying. And they, there's like this really brief moment where they like bite into things. And it seems like they are surprised to find that everything is good. And it, it shows us like two of the five characters sitting at the table doing that. And I was expecting to see all of them, and then they talked about the food. But instead, a sword fucking bursts up through the table. <laughs> and it turns out that this guy with the flat top is a stand user. And his stand is like an armor. It's kind of like a, a suit of armor. Um, and it's called Silver Chariot. And he somehow... <laughs> he does not control fire, as far as I can tell. But he somehow manages to overturn one of the round tables and get fire to make the numbers one through 12 in a clock symbol, along with clock hands pointing to nine o'clock on it. And they're going to count down somehow. Yeah. He how, tells Abdul, how we imagine <laughs> he tells Abdul that he's going to kill him by the time the clock reaches 12. So, Maybe they'll explain that in the next episode, but that is actually where we finish today. <laughs> we get a cliffhanger. Yeah, so, so stick with us with this show. We're going to keep on jumping into it. Um, also, stick with us after these credits. We'll talk about what's happening next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're going to get totally troll-a-load by Crollalo. <laughs> la 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 la